This always was kind of the Tuesday song, the Tuesday intro. Uh, welcome to today's podcast episode. It is Tuesday, May 3rd. It is primary election day. What? In Toledo. And uh, I'm not going to give you a hard time if you didn't know about that. And I would suggest you don't give others a hard time because uh, with all the attempts to redistrict the state, we didn't know the primary was going to happen now or in the fall. It was uh, it was ugly and unfortunate. I went and early voted Thursday. And there were more people in there then than any other time I have early voted, which was quite surprising. Um, welcome to the podcast today. It's good to have you here solo, except for the end of the podcast where I'd like to play for you something you likely didn't see. You know, I like to use this podcast to share with you what I think you should know about uh, that's happening here in our community. You might have missed the story on 13 ABC, uh, both during the four o'clock show with Tony and Christina and Delaney, the reporter who stopped by the studio yesterday. And then also, I think uh, Lee and Diane did part of it later on in the evening. I want to share with you their mental health story where Delaney came and chatted with me for a couple of minutes. We'll get to uh, that'll be the end of today's podcast. And speaking of uh, politics, remember, everything is politics and We'll get to that, um, God, saying elephant in the room seems like an inappropriate phrasing of it, but we'll get to that. I would just advise you by whatever time you've heard this, my advice is probably too late, but today would have been a phenomenal day to have stayed off the internet for, um, for, for obviously you don't want to see Dr. Strange spoilers. Marvel disabled their comments so people wouldn't spoil it. And, of course, the other thing that people are talking about, which is stunning, in all the wild things that have happened in our country in the last six years, this is right up at the top because that that doesn't happen. Get to that in a couple of minutes. Um, first up, I put these little evergreen topics aside. Sometimes I can get to them with Alex or someone else. Um, and they can go on at any time. And I want to start with one that I've set aside for about a week. And then we'll go to the elephant, TJ Maxx. It's game seven. And why I love the other part of what got social media going so hot last night. Um, when I was younger, in my 20s, I was very similar to where I am now. I, I was an infovore before that was even a word, before Wikipedia probably even existed or in the proto version of it back in the early 2000s. I always wanted to gain and gather knowledge. I guess right in between my conscience and uh, my conscious and my subconscious was this line where I recognized I didn't finish up college. Um, I was fortunate enough to get into my, to my line of work almost immediately. So I think I owe it to myself and my dad, and whoever I'm going to be able to touch in life to do some learning. It, it, it was stunning to me. I always hated reading for English class, language arts. Oh, God, when we got novels to read in high school, they just went over my head. You, you know, to this day, um, I, thought, I didn't know The Scarlet Letter and, and Wuthering Heights and The Great Gatsby and Animal Farm. I had no idea of the symbolism. I just took it at face value. Still a very big blind spot of mine now. So reading is not something I enjoyed 
when I was uh, when I was younger. But when I got out and I could read what I wanted, which was mostly nonfiction and, and self-help type stuff, Dale Carnegie, How to Win Friends and Influence People. One of those times where when I was a little boy and not very social, my dad suggested I read this book and I threw it in the closet. When I was 21, 22 years old, laying out at a pool in Southfield, Michigan, I was reading How to Win Friends and Influence People. And I still remember some of the incredible tenets of that book. Uh, when you meet somebody, repeat their name back to them or ask them how to spell it because there's nothing as valuable in someone's life as their name. Get it right. I always wanted to gain knowledge, have a bigger vocabulary. And again, I, I think I just owed it to myself because I didn't continue with higher education. That didn't mean I, I, I needed to or had to stop learning and I could do it at my own pace and at my own level of and points of interest. I wanted to be profound, not in a provocative way of being salacious or overly sexual. Yeah, that was part of like some of the things that popped up in, in, my, in my career, but that's not the kind I'm talking about. I, I didn't want to be a provocateur. I wanted to be profound. I wanted to offer good insight and advice. It was around the time I really ramped up being able to do sports talk radio. I guess my early and mid-30s. And I knew a lot about sports, which was easy to study. But I didn't know about, I didn't, I didn't have enough life experience. And I began to think, man, how can anybody do a successful talk show Um at such a relatively young age. There were times and regrettable things I remember saying to a former co-worker of mine, we shouldn't even have let you into this discussion on the old morning show. And trust me, I have apologized repeatedly for some of the things I thought and said back then. Um, but I will, I will stay true to this. It is really hard to do all talk content when you have limited life experience. Um, this is, this, this has come my way and this has come to top of mind recently because I've had the opportunity to come across a diverse array of people, places, and ages from Bowser to Perrysburg to some other adults who were involved in some very important programs here. And it's kind of wild to go to look at myself and, and they, they thank me for some of the life insight that I can provide them. Here's, here's one quick one. You're familiar with the, uh, the idea of like, that's not the hill you want to die on? Similar to that, I've been thinking a lot lately, and I, I, I used it myself yesterday when I chose not to bring something up with some people that I have to answer to in, in, a, in several places. I, I asked myself, where's the win? Like, yeah, the instinct is I want to have this dressed, but where's the win? If I bring this up, it will likely create nothing but a pile of things, a pile of poop rolling down at me. So where's the win? And I'm able to share that kind of life advice because, again, that that notes page, that selection of notes in my notes app. I hope I, I can never, ever lose it. Um, I shared something last week from, I think, something on the Marginal Revolution blog, kk.org. This is a 70-year-old man who has done exactly what I do, and he has far more life advice. You have to live to be able to offer advice. And it was it's, it's kind of eye-opening. Um, it was another hallmark of seeing that I'm now in my... So early for, is early 40s 40, 41, 42, 43? So I'm, right, I'm, I'm about to be on the borderline of early 40s to mid-40s. 
And as with most most things, I, I was extremely and overly impatient when it came to wanting to be profound, thoughtful, intellectual. I just needed to live more. And I'm glad that I can offer insight, helpful lessons to those that are younger than me or have not had my experiences so I can help them make better mistakes, smarter mistakes, help them recover from their mistakes. Um, Did I say help them make mistakes? Because again, another pithy saying would be nobody ever learned anything in their comfort zone. Get out of it. I'm happy that I can share all these things. And just as as with every time I shave, there's seemingly another white hair in my beard. Um, That's, I guess, really the biggest sign of, the biggest regular sign of my aging. But when I'm able to offer this insight to people who I'm not often around or a little bit younger than me or haven't had my experiences, and they're like, thank you for that. I I never heard that before. I'm going to use that. Makes me see my age, and it reminds me there was no way I was going to be as profound as I wanted to be when I was 25 years old, no matter how eager I was to learn. I needed to live life. There's a line I think that's in my notes app that says, the lines in your face, the lines mean you've lived. To a point, yes. Uh, And to wrap up this part of the monologue, um, I have... Uh, people have said, oh, you know, there's several things. You should start a podcast. You should write a book. They're, they're common things that, that, that get thrown out. Um, maybe one day I'll, I'll just, a book, no, because Brittany has told me how very difficult and challenging that can be and what you have to do for publishers, blah, blah, blah. No, thanks. My stuff is free when I put up a blog post, whether it's on Facebook or ericchaseblog.wordpress.com or just something in a couple hundred characters on Twitter. Um, But I actually have sympathy for people who are no older than 30, maybe in their early 30s, you have my greatest sympathies. Not that any of those people are listening to this podcast right now, but those people who have been able to successfully write a book before they turn 30 or shortly after, you have my sympathy. You have lived a very challenging life. The challenges, the hurdles, the stress, the trauma, the things you've been through are worth another decade, two, or three more than your actual age. Like, I could probably sit down and work on some kind of helpful book at nearly 43 years old. Um, I couldn't do it when I was 28, like many people have successfully done. Those people have lived hard, hard lives. And I'm glad they're sharing their story to make a better path for people coming after them as I endeavor to do with my mental health. Let all the arrows and stings and losses I've taken against my mind, let me teach you how to handle yours. Because you should have them. But I don't want you to get to the brink of where I've been. And while in there is recovery... I just don't want to put, I don't want to see you on that precipice. I don't want you on that edge of that cliff, literally and figuratively at the end of that knife. um, If I can keep you away from it and still help you learn a lesson so that you stay as far away from that as possible. All right. So this astonishing news that, forget the fact that that there was a a leaked memo from uh, Judge Alito Um, Quite snide as I guess he usually is, 
that Roe v. Wade is going to be overturned and uh, it will now go down to the states, which I'm not going to wade into the constitutionality of it. We're based on states' rights. Um, I'm not going to wade into that. That is by me. That is not my expertise. Not even close to it. I'll leave it alone. Uh, but this is not surprising at all that they that, that the conservative justices and 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 there is a large large movement in the country to overturn Roe v. Wade. I don't know. Do we really know? And it's very subjective when life begins. Like we know when you're dead. When does life begin? Not even going to go there. Although I am more willing to hear the discussion. Um, it's shocking. That like something leaking out from an NFL draft room or another sports rumor or a Hollywood celeb rumor, this memo leaked out. Why and who? Whose career will be cost? Who's the whistleblower? Like it's stunning. Like if anything is sacred when it comes to information and secrecy, it's the Supreme Court. They are the ones that dictate the laws of the land, not necessarily the president, although the president can appoint uh, Supreme Court members, as we know. And it's kind of sad in the same way that we saw people attack the Capitol. Um, this is right up there. Not as some TV shows and pundits would say, this is an insurrection on its own, but we see the fall of another hallowed piece of our democracy. Um, so I was braced for the overturn of Roe v. Wade. I, I and my re, and I'm not going to go deeply into this. Uh, I've told you before why I am pro-choice, and it is very selfish. Uh, but everybody else that's on the pro-choice side, I think, has it absolutely right for their own individual reasons. I am terrified. I think, I think Missouri might have floated something like this. I am terrified. If in the states where it is still legal to get an abortion, say you leave Ohio where it will likely be illegal, and you go to a state where it is legal, Pennsylvania, I I, I don't know. I don't know what states it would be. You go there and you come back. Will the state you return to punish you in any criminal way? That terrifies me. And as my friend Lexi Staples pointed out, this will only be a ban on legal abortions, the illegal kind. Um, my biggest gripe with this is, to me, there are a lot of laughable parts of the Constitution. Um, how it tacitly endorsed slavery just so we could have a compromise to build the country. Uh, all men are created, the laughable notion of all men are created equal. Uh, and and the, the the completely patriarchal patriarchal way of that document being creative uh, created. It is anachronistic. That means it is truly from another time. It is like AOL and dial-up internet to where we are now with my T-Mobile 5G. Like the world doesn't work the same way. And I get that we can amend the Constitution, and it's supposed to be a living document. But I think the word is originalist think that's what Amy Coney Barrett is. Uh, the spirit and word of the way that document was created and written several centuries ago. You know, there were cars like, what, 50, 60, 70 years ago that didn't have seatbelts? And I guess people were flying through windshields and we created seatbelts and some people didn't want to wear them, but we see how they can save lives. Like, why we're abiding by rules from centuries ago just flummoxes me. But the one, the, along with all, all were created equal, 
Uh, the one that I, I kind of laugh at is the separation of church and state. The state can't impinge or impede on any religious beliefs. But we allow church beliefs or church doctrines to guide people's political beliefs. And to me, this is exactly that. And we have, we, like I said, what is life? Um, but when we're unwilling to have any kind of conversation, um, I am, I am deeply troubled. Like I have even come over the years and you know me, I'm, I'm spiritual and completely secular. I am not a religious person. Like I hate the word woke. I think it is a, in some ways a slur. It's derogatory. It's punitive. It's another weaponization of a word that has brought us to this fiery, feisty time. I hate that word. But you know what kind of irked? Like, isn't in God we trust in certain part of our documents? Or I pledge allegiance to the flag, one nation under God. I hate that line. Like, what God? I look back at all the times we did the Pledge of Allegiance when I was a kid in elementary school in the 80s. And I look back and go, that was like evangelizing, indoctrination. Like, let's get that. That's Get that out. This is a Philadelphia public school. Uh, the state can't interfere with church, but the church can push beliefs that invade politics, which influence the state. That troubles me so much. Um. Okay, so I, the, I think the real question here is, what the heck is Steinmart? <laughs> I've... Steinmart was literally nothing more than a speed bump. There was a speed bump out in front of it as I pulled into the Fresh Market parking lot. I guess it was like uh, TJ Maxx, at home, those kind of places, home goods. Never went into it. And I guess not enough other people did as well. That's where the TJ Maxx will be going. I know in the story that I posted, it was the Elder Beerman building. That was wrong. Um, But Ernest and TJ Maxx are coming to uh, the Westgate Cricket West area, not the Sears building, which and Elder Beerman, which will be demolished. And as someone said on my Facebook page with like a Tanger Outlets, is that like Birch Run or Great Lakes Crossing? Because that building seems too small for that. It seems more appropriately sized for like a mommy antique mall. But hey, I'm I'm good with outlets. Uh, I actually think that... uh, most malls that are still in existence should probably go the way of outlets, but that's not an economic area of my expertise. Um, but I know that when I've been to these places like Great Lakes Crossing and like, I enjoy them for finding discounts and secondhand stuff and blah, 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 or out of style clothing from seasons ago. Also, I was told uh, the Ernest Project at the Kroger location is not dead, but it has been challenging. I'll keep you updated on that. Um, game 7 is tonight with the Walleye. I believe, I was told tickets are on sale for the first two games of the next series. And the Fort Wayne and Wheeling series is also seven games. The seventh game is tonight. Uh, if the Walleye win, game game 1 and 2, Friday and Saturday. Tickets are on sale, but I can't find where. And tonight, I believe it's completely sold out. The Huntington Center will be electric. Um, The Met Gala was the other was the other buzzing thing last night on social media. And I don't know what it is. Because I only see the red carpet stuff. And I paired in with uh, all the award shows that I greatly dislike. Where it's it's rich, famous, powerful people patting themselves on the back. And, and I'm, I'm over them because there's so many and they're all diluted now. 
I do love, the, and again, I pair the Met Gala with that. I throw it into that 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 fenced-in area. I love the Met Gala so much. Again, I don't even know what the event is, but I love the red carpet stuff. I I know many people get into the red carpet of the other award shows, but I love this. It embraces the weird. It embraces the bombast. I absolutely love it. I fawn, ooh, ah, just like many people who watch the e-red carpet shows um, for the award shows. I do that for the Met Gala. I love uh, the social media interactivity. I think Lil Nas X was just dressed up as C-3PO, by the way. Happy May the 4th Eve. Um, uh, Kim Kardashian wore an actual Marilyn Monroe dress. Uh, Sean Mendez, who I absolutely adore for being like gorgeous, but also totally like a totally normal looking dude. And I hope he's like that in real life. Dressed up like Prince Adam. Is that from Beauty and the Beast? Yeah, I, I really love seeing these utterly wild and outrageous outfits. Um, Delaney Ruth came to talk to me yesterday in light of Naomi Judd losing a battle to mental illness. We don't exactly know. Very good details, whether she did take her life or not. And again, like I told Delaney yesterday, but 75% of what I said to her didn't make it because she's uh, she's on a clock and only so much can fit in. Uh, let those people have their privacy. And when they're ready to share the story to fight the good fight against mental illness, let them. But for now, let, let them have their privacy and let them grieve as they see fit. Um, in addition to last week with... Uh, mental. Let, let's think mental hygiene and less self-care. Self-care is kind of a reward. Hygiene is like, oh God, I want to get in bed so fast. I'm not going to brush my teeth. You know what? I'll brush my teeth, but I'm not going to floss. Hygiene, it's important. It's little, tiny, day-in, day-out battles that win the larger war. Another life lesson, like Bill Belichick, I think, said, take care of the little things and the big things take care of themselves. Whenever I screw up details... Or overlook them, I go, that's what I refer back to. But hi, mental health hygiene. So we, uh, you go to the dentist twice a year. I did not, and I wound up having scaling and root planings. It was awful. Before I got them, I thought my te- I went to the dentist. I was like, I think my teeth are going to fall out. The numbers I had were like fives and sixes, maybe some sevens. Go to the dentist twice a year. Do your hygiene in between visits. You're all good. You get an annual physical because maybe you have high blood pressure. Maybe there is a, a cancer gene in your family or something else. You go to your doctor. You should every year to get a physical. I think it's covered under Obamacare. They do not bill you at all. It's totally free. And preventative care as well for screenings and whatnot. You go to stay ahead of these things. Take care of the little problems before they might turn into big ones. Catch it early so you're safe. Uh, I should also be going to the eye doctor once a year. I don't do that, and that's that's really bad on my part. But you do these things every year to take care of yourself. Uh, right now, as you know, it has been very challenging to get an appointment with a mental health professional, psychiatrist, psychologist, counselor, therapist, whatever it may be. Um, and these are people who are often in need of immediate or help within a very short period of time. And if they don't get it, it could go into a real ugly crisis. Uh, 988, the new suicide hotline number is coming this summer. You can always text HOPE to 411. So I'll ask you right now, in the same way that you, my physical is in July, 
My next dental appointment is coming up in May sometime. It's on my calendar. Call Zeph, call Unison, call a private practice. Make an appointment right now for someone in September. August, September, October. Why? I feel fine. Well, one, do you? And two, do it twice a year. It sounds kind of trite, but everybody should talk to somebody that isn't their best friend or someone that can be really objective about what's going on in between your ears. So make the appointment. In this case, you don't have to, uh, you'll have the appointment on your calendar. You can assess it and study it uh, in the months leading up to it to know what questions to ask, or maybe you'll get there and your appointment's on September 15th. Maybe you're it's September 8th or 9th and you're like, and you know, and you're like, you know what? I'm fortunate. I'm one of the few people who's doing, who is doing okay right now. I'm going to cancel this appointment. I'd rather have you cancel it and somebody else can get that appointment. Don't worry. You're not holding it up for somebody because you need to talk to somebody. Even it's about how good you feel. And you can pull that string and figure out why you feel that way. Maybe share that with others. But in the same way that you get a, you get an annual physical, you get your mouth checked out twice a year, go get your head checked out twice a year and make the appointment now. If you have to cancel it, you cancel it. But at least if things begin to get a little sideways for you because nobody has perfect mental health, at least you'll have that appointment to look forward to. Thanks to some friends at 13ABC, Tony, Christina, thanks to Delaney and uh, for, uh, Mackenzie Keyline for uh, uh, sending Delaney my way. Um, thank, thanks to them for letting me share my story and highlighting mental health during, I think it's Mental Health Awareness Month. But as you know, that's every month. That's every month for me. Here for the next uh, like eight minutes or so, Thanks to 13ABC, I took this off the internet to air it here. The news about Judd led to a conversation because so many people do struggle with mental illness. And sometimes it's, uh, it can be hard to see. 13ABC's Delaney Rue talked to some local mental health experts. Lee, Christian, today I talked to someone who works at the Zeff Center and a local radio host who struggles with bipolar disorder. They both told me that living with mental illness is really hard and you never know who is affected because disorders like depression and anxiety don't discriminate. We see a lot of people who really struggle with stigma with mental illness. It's difficult for them to call or accept help when we offer it because there is such a negative connotation tied to needing medication for a mental illness where we maybe don't see that with other illnesses that people suffer from. The new Q105, welcome to the show today. Eric Chase hosts the afternoon radio show for Q105 here in Toledo. He was diagnosed with bipolar disorder back in 2005. I do get hammered with the other side of bipolar, which is the depression and anxiety. Uh, most of my life, it, the focus was always on the depression, uh, the utter and complete hopelessness, which gave me uh, which gave me too much of a friendly conversation with suicidal ideations. Chase talks openly on his show about his own struggles. A lot of the, the pop culture content that I'll talk about um, is, is mental health related because, again, it's a big topic for everybody right now. And I think every time that I open my mouth and talk about it, um, it reduces the stigma for preventing somebody to get themselves some help. And the news about Naomi Judd was tough for Chase to hear. Mental illness doesn't, uh, isn't prejudiced to anybody of any age, any color, any sex. Certainly some people have it much harder than others, but you can never 
put yourself in someone else's pain regardless of how good you think their life is. Just because you're rich and famous doesn't make you immune to any kind of mental health issue. If you are struggling with mental illness, know that you are not alone. There are many resources available locally and nationally. Head to our website for more information. Reporting live in studio, Delaney Ruth, 13 ABC Action News. 53 million adults experienced mental illness in 2020. That is according to the National Alliance on Mental Illness. May is Mental Health Awareness Month, and that is our big story today. Over the weekend, fans, friends, and family have mourned the death of country star Naomi Judd. She was died suddenly at the age of 76. The family announced the death on Saturday, attributing mental illness, but didn't elaborate at the time. They said the family gathered around her for her final moments a day before the Judds were inducted into the Country Music Hall of Fame. Naomi Judd has spoken about her struggle with depression at one point, saying it was severe depression and treatment resistant. Some of her friends say her outspokenness both helped her and made it harder to watch. I said, I think it was just common knowledge that she was going through ter a terrible uh, situation. But, you know, we all thought that she was handling it okay. And but you don't know uh, how people think. You can't get inside their head. I've been through the Judds had reunited just last month at the CMT Music Awards, which will be their final performance. Meanwhile, the United States military is investigating a number of suicides on one Navy ship. Hundreds of sailors have been moved off the USS George Washington after there have been seven deaths in the last year on that ship. Four of them appear to be suicides. Three of those all happened in one week last month. All seven deaths happened while the ship was in port undergoing an overhaul. And last week, the Master Chief Russell Smith addressed some of the sailors' concerns. I understand that we saw the problem and the department has been focusing on it, but the problem is getting suicide is like getting cancer. It's trying to, there are many different causes, many different reasons. Now, following the deaths, the Navy says it put into place immediate mental health support, deploying a 13-person psychiatric rapid intervention team. They also added a clinical psychologist and a clinical social worker to that ship. And they are also expediting mental health referrals. The news about Judd and the military suicides led to a conversation because so many people struggle with mental illness and sometimes it is hard to see. At 13 ABC's Delaney Ruth talked to some local mental health experts today. She's live in the studio to talk about the stigma surrounding mental illness. Delaney. Tina, Tony, today I talked to Eric Chase. He's a local radio host who has battled with mental illness on his own. He says mental illness can be hard to diagnose and even harder to accept. Chase hosts the afternoon radio show for Q105 here in Toledo. He was diagnosed with bipolar 2 back in 2005. His bipolar has caused him to struggle with depression, anxiety, and even suicidal thoughts. And even suicidal thoughts. Coming up on Action News at 5.30, I talked to a mental health expert with the Zeph Center. Stay tuned to hear what she has to say about this topic. Reporting live in studio, Delaney Rue, 13 ABC, Action News. Well, Delaney, Chase has struggled with mental illness for quite some time. That's what he told you. So does he have any advice for people who might just be realizing that they also might have a mental health issue? Sure. So Chase told me that for him, it's all about patience. Sometimes it can be hard to get in and see a doctor or a therapist to talk about your struggles. And once you do get in and see someone, it's not an instant fix. There's a lot of trial and error until you find what works for you. So Chase, find what works for you. So Chase, back children. The Wood County Health Department says last year, 29% of kids felt so sad or hopeless almost every day for two weeks or more in a row. 
that they stop doing some of their usual activities. A 14% seriously considered attempted suicide and 5% actually attempted it. What you see here is details of that new survey that was just released. And that's a trend across the country. Researchers say while suicide-related deaths declined in 2020, they did not go down for young people in the United States who were studied. In fact, that year, the CDC data shows it was the second leading cause of death for people aged 10 to 14. And while not every child was looked at, the sample encompasses about a third of all youth. Experts say if you think your child may be struggling, don't be afraid to be direct and ask them. Have you ever thought of ending your life? Um, are you thinking about suicide right now? Often you'll, they will uh, feel relieved that an adult is willing to ask that question. Now, warning signs include withdrawing from friends, taking dangerous risks, having extreme mood swings, eating or sleeping more or less, and using drugs or alcohol. Experts say parents can reach out to a pediatrician, a school counselor, or go to the ER if there is an urgent need. College athletes have also been recent victims of suicide in the last month. Three different female student-athletes have died from apparent suicides. Lauren Burnett was the most recent one, a sophomore and a softball star at James Madison University. She was named by, and by the Athletic Association as Player of the Week just the day before her death was announced. Stanford University and the University of Wisconsin each had athletes die by suicide as well. The American College of Sports Medicine reports 30% of women and 25% of men who are student-athletes, that is, report having anxiety, but only 10% of those actually get help from a mental health professional. And not all of these situations ends with a tragedy. One college athlete took time away from her sport, focused on her mental health, and is now urging coaches, schools, parents, and players to look deeper into student-athlete mental health. Kaylin Bracken's a sophomore lacrosse player at Vanderbilt. She wrote an Instagram post in April sharing her story, hoping her story inspires others to do the same. She says she struggled with depression after a concussion her freshman year. And after her time off from competing, she has rejoined the team. So you might be wondering, what do you do if someone you know, including yourself, or someone you love needs some help here? The Suicide Prevention Lifeline can always be reached. That number is 1-800-273-8255. And starting in July, it's as simple as dialing 988. Again, that begins in July. National Alliance on Mental Illness, uh, Illness, or NAMI, has an open helpline from 10 to 10, Monday through Friday. And that's the lower number that you see there, 1-800-950-6264. And locally, the ZEF Center can be reached as well. That is 419-904-2273. We'll also try to share this information on 13abc.com or on our 13abc Facebook page. And that is our big story for today.